senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've taught me, though. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 93. I, I, I don't know why you're still listening to the show. I really have no because idea. Because they we're... love us. Stop being a downer. <laughs> we're, we're, at least this time we're late instead of punting it. I'm tired of talking about friggin' first world problems. Like, oh no, the workmen in the new home office are laid in there. But that's, <laughs> that's what keeps fucking happening. And that's why we missed Sunday. So on Sunday we had painters here, the entire mixing board and every piece of studio equipment was covered in plastic. We couldn't find the mobile recording rig and nothing. We had nothing. Now they finished everything way ahead of schedule by working on Sunday. So that piece of it's done, but still it's yet another interruption in the show. It fucks up the flow. And the problem is we do these things on Sunday because we have day jobs did it come home on a Tuesday? I'm barely functioning on a mental level. I don't know how we're going to do this show. I could get you some Red Bull and vodka. Um, no, because I'm not a child <laughs> you know, or an amateur. I've got three Guinnesses lined up that should get me through the next hour, hour and a half. Car I think bomb we'll shots? Be fine. That'll be after. That's, <laughs> car bombs are for post-production. Act like a fucking <laughs> professional, for God's sake. I keep forgetting how. So, <laughs> it's been so long. Yeah, uh, the 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 renovations have to be over at some point, right? This yes. has just been the worst fucking process. I have no idea why people do this. I'm going to go to the headquarters of HGTV with a fucking <laughs> Molotov cocktail. I don't want to bitch at them again, but lies. If, if you watch HGTV, HGTV and go, huh, you know, it might be nice to upgrade your head. No, don't be stupid. Fucking hunker down wherever you're at. <laughs> just stay there because this is no fucking fun at all. And this is this should be as much fun as it is because we we've got money to do shit. At least it's painted now. It's not these horrible fucking colors that the previous owner. Lo- the entire place. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before. I finally figured it out. The whole place looked like like a citrus farm. It, it looked like they looked at um, a bottle of Tums and said, "Yes, those and- colors." And the only time I've ever done that was when I had the stomach flu last week. But, but yeah, it was everything is no longer, but everything was lemon yellow or lime green or peach. Yes. That was the entire color scheme, I think. Yes, and that, that is um, three out of four colors of Tums. You <laughs> spent too much time looking at Tums. I, you're the one who it's cooks. A problem. Don't look at me. I didn't do this. So yeah, at least we had the you know the cash to get that done. But yeah, I mean the downside is you got painters in your house. <laughs> you want to get them the fuck out. Yeah. So it's like, well, we can work all weekend. It's like work all weekend. I'll buy you coke. We'll do rails together. Whatever it takes for you to work <laughs> as long as possible. That you're a nice guy. I like you, but we're not friends. I'm paying you to be here. Get the fuck out. So he's finally done. That piece is done. Yes. But at every time that one piece is done, there's still plumbing shit and electrical shit and other stuff that has to be done. I'm done with this. If I make it to Christmas at all without stroking out, it's going to be a goddamn miracle. Please don't stroke out. 
Are you, are you smelling wording toast? Is this something we should be concerned about? I smell it all the time. That's why you need the Tums all the time. Boom! Oh. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Oh. I live here. <laughs> oh. That was terrible. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Damn. All right. Oh, no, that's no good. <laughs> I'll save that for later. <sighs> Not sugar, man. Don't, don't sugar, man. No. Uh, it's, <laughs> don't tempt me. It's right there. I see the button on the board. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know why I keep listening to the show. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show. But it's, I mean, if I'm you, I'm like, oh, good. White people with some money bitching about their house <laughs> and then talking about whatever's easy about comics. Well, yeah, it's because still nothing's unpacked. We still don't have access to our fucking library of stuff. So, I mean, here's kind of the schedule that we're going to do. Today we're going to talk about the, and again, I'm sorry to rail on a trailer again, but it's what we got for this week. Uh, the Batman versus Superman trailer, the second trailer dropped. That's going to be this week. Next week's show, uh, we are going to do a retrospective of season nine of Doctor Who. So we're going to do a burn on the episodes that we missed in the move and get caught up on that. Yes. Uh, the following week will be, as with every other comics and genre-related podcast in the world, our burn down of uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. It may not be a burn down. It may be a celebration thereof. I'm hoping that it is, but I live through The Phantom Menace, and I'm a deeply cynical person. Does your butt still hurt? <laughs> Shut up. Show me on the stall where George Lucas touched you. <laughs> oh, come on. What a bunch of a-holes. For once, I was right on top of it. The fucking <laughs> thing failed me. But uh, but no, it'll be the, the Star Wars For Force Awakens show, and there's... <laughs> There's probably going to be more guests on that show than uh, Wieldy. I think there's going to be more guests on on the Star Wars show potentially because we haven't we haven't formalized anything yet. There's, there's a other than some drunken vague promises. Um, well, uh, no, there have been a couple non-drunken promises, but uh, yes, yes, but it's been a, been a while since we've reached out to folks. That's true, and it, it needs to be locked down. But at least on paper, uh, there's going to be more people potentially on the show than were in the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, but not more Wookiees. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ross is kind of Wookiee-like. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ross. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, that'll be the uh, the show. And then tentatively uh, pending uh, travel for family, the final show of the year should be the second annual Crises Awards of the best and shittiest of comics and genre for 2015. Oh, thank God. I thought we were going to do something to celebrate Life Day. Uh, we're going to, just not on the air. <laughs> I have strange tastes, and I need them <laughs> attended to. I gotta go. It's the only way I'm getting through the fucking renovation. Is looking forward to life day. <laughs> I'm gonna load you up with fucking quaaludes and blow, and put buns on your head, and just make you sing some song about life day, while I jack in the corner and, and make wookie sounds. So I was gonna give you weird Diane Carroll porn, and just leave you alone like Lumpy. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that's gonna happen. <laughs> Jesus Christ, is that lumpy? Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, a so that's what should be coming up. So <laughs> stick with us. It doesn't sound like it, but we have a plan. We kind of know what we want to do for the rest of the year. If we can keep people out of the fucking home office on the days we're supposed to tape. So yes. All right. So we want to talk about the second Batman versus Superman trailer Let's and the other this. footage that came out uh, last week. Uh, yeah. All right. So the second. Full trailer for the movie, uh, not counting the Comic-Con trailer or various other little bits and pieces that have come out. Came out last Wednesday. 
Um, that was not the first piece of footage to come out from Batman versus Superman. Right. Uh, it was just a couple days after the release of a minute long teaser, uh, that aired last Monday, November 30th during Gotham. Um, right. What, what's that? Fox? Fox. Yeah. So, uh, and we, we watched the teaser first cause we've been pretty open. I've been pretty open that I'm, I'm a fan of Man of Steel. Batman in bondage. That's the trip. That, that was the teaser. <laughs> kind of, if that's how you swing, I guess. <laughs> it was all tied up. But We're in a hood. Well, <laughs> now I don't want to see it. <laughs> there were dudes kneeling. <laughs> yeah, look. It was I'm making a, it weird, aren't I? It was already weird. It was a fucking disaster. <laughs> it was a terrible minute of footage. It was, uh, yeah, it was Batman in chains wearing a trench coat and Superman lands and a bunch of soldiers kneel like Boston fucking altar boys. And then, yeah. <laughs> And Superman stalks up all Aryan up to Batman and yanks his off and they glare at each other like they caught each other cheating behind the dumpster at the sophomore semi-formal. And yeah, it's just loaded I, with homoeroticism. It's just, you're just waiting for somebody to scream, touch dicks! I was, well, I was just waiting for in like the pregnant silence and the, and the meaningful glare from Superman for him then to just drop, I am the one who knocks. <laughs> like it, it seemed right. <laughs> No, I, I was waiting for this old chestnut. My name is Hiro Nakamura. I'm from the future, and I have a message for you. For a $10 all-you-can-eat testicle fest. <laughs> it was... You got problems. <laughs> I got problems. It, there was just so much seething man-goo just underneath. Just under... Seething man-goo. Let me write that down. Oh, yeah, that's a title that'll keep us on <laughs> iTunes. Go ahead. Hey, write it down. So far, I got nothing better, but... Uh, all right, so first of all, just just looking at the costumes in in that teaser, we've got the Batman in the trench coat, and we've seen other stuff from like the Comic Con trailer and the first trailer where it looks like Batman is in uh, the Red Sun uh, Russian Batman yeah. uh, version of the costume, which means uh, once again Mark Millar is going to make fucking movie money for doing fuck all, <laughs> and I'm not sure I feel about that. Elevator pitch: What if Superman was a communist? <laughs> That was the elevator I know. That's, that's all that Mark Millar does. <laughs> what, what can you, what can you throw at a guy while he's doing a rail to make him write a check for your movie? That's all he does. We've talked about it. Some are better than others, but ain't none of them anything but an elevator pitch. But but yeah, the rest of it, it's just yeah. You got Batman in chains and angry glaring, and it's. It really is just barely suppressed homoeroticism, and that's fine as an interpretation of Batman and Superman, but it means that Warren Ellis should be getting Mark Millar's well, like, fucking check if that's yeah. how you're going to go. I was going to say, you know, you, you keep harping on that, but it, that is something that has been explored by at least one writer. Yeah. They got my dick message! <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't find it to, well, now that you mention it, but no, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't find it particularly homoerotic, but... um. I also have very little radar for that sort of thing. So, well, it's I'd, even if you can put that aside, it, if if you're going to have Batman in chains, he should be on top of a giant typewriter or something, or a giant hourglass or something like. Uh, then again, given the general homoerotic vibe, yeah, yeah Grant not, Morrison went there, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> Bat, I'm not going to say Batman should sit on giant fucking anything. Never mind, I take that back. <laughs> that was a <laughs> I shouldn't have done that, but. Um, <laughs> but it, it's also just as a minute of film, 
it, it told us nothing. Now, somebody, and I didn't write down the name, somebody in the last couple of days from Warner Brothers has gone on record saying that, oh, this is from a dream sequence that Bruce Wayne has, mm-hmm. imagining Superman as a uh, as a dictator. Uh, again, it's just a way to get Red Sun, you know, imagery into this. Uh, like, the thing isn't packed enough with various... Well, because Zack Snyder needs no excuse to, like, go off into dream sequences for no good reason that, like, pad out the size of a movie. That was his whole follow-up to Watchmen. <laughs> Sucker punch. Yeah. So, <laughs> I couldn't get through it. I tried. Prison girls at cell block H having their own inception, uh, sort of. Not only, I, I couldn't finish the movie, I couldn't finish myself. It was a bust on every possible level that a women in prison movie could be. I finished it. I don't remember any of it. It slid off my brain like Teflon. Yeah, it's it, it just it didn't work for me. So yeah, yeah, okay. Snyder will definitely go into the dream imagery, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it, as red for the teaser itself, as red meat for comic book fans. Yeah, it's got that red sun thing going. But you know, it's yeah, Batman in the red sun costume. You've got the troops uh, that have the Superman crest on their arms in place of the American flag. <laughs> And every time I see that, the the cut of the the SS style Superman soldiers yeah. <laughs> with the Superman crest, I just keep thinking, eh, it stands for hope. It stands for hope, and the showers are this way, buddy. <laughs> it stands for hope. Now go clean up. Yeah, but it's but the red meat anybody wants. <laughs> are you saying that to me? Because that was for the women in prison movie. <laughs> yeah, I told you it didn't work. It wasn't even good on that level. <laughs> Somebody's overtired. Again, I'll I'll get you some Red Bull and vodka. I'm not sure from where. I might have to go break into a neighbor's house. (laughs) Yeah, okay. That's fine. I need a cup of sugar and some Red Bull. This is why I miss Jolt. I would become an excellent danger to myself and others on Jack Daniels and Jolt Cold. I just can't get it anymore. (laughs) And I watched you do it. I would just roll for hours. And now I'm weekly sipping on a a nitro Guinness draft in a bottle, (laughs) trying to get through just wretched... Wretched teaser trailer. I could just go get you that bottle of Jack Daniels over there. No, that's... <laughs> even even on tape is too close to live for me to mess around with the jazz. I did that once on the radio, and it did not go well. <laughs> I, I kept my broadcasting job, but only barely. So we're not going to do that. We're going to stick with a nice low test okay. before things get even weirder than they already are. Yes. But... What the fuck was I talking? Oh yeah, the uh, the Red Sun stuff. I don't even know why Snyder is putting it in there, except just yeah, bucket cram all the shit for the big comic fans. Oh, well, and can- it may not even make it into the actual movie. It might be shit that shows up later, like the extended footage on the Blu-ray. Like these days, you don't know. Like there's enough stuff that have been crammed into trailers that then you never see again until like you decide to buy the Blu-ray, and then if you don't buy the Blu-ray. Fantastic Four. You, you, then you never <laughs> see that footage, and and I'm okay with that because Fantastic Four. But um, <laughs> let's, be, let's be fair; we haven't seen it. Although I, mean, I don't think I need to. I think we need to find a copy before the crises because we need worst of something for those awards. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's this. I think would be tough to bury because I mean, let's face it: that was a minute long, uninterrupted scene. That also pieces of it make appearances in the actual trailer that came out a few days later right so i think we're we're gonna have to have it in the actual movie possibly so but it's nobody was screaming for a red sun movie 
the, what people want out of this is if you're going to dog whistle for comic fans, do the Dark Knight Return stuff he's been doing since the very goddamn beginning of the, the announcement of Comic-Con two years ago, three years ago, three yeah. years ago at this point, I think. Because you know, that's the imagery that's that's worked for me anyway. I, I wasn't looking for a red sun kind of thing because, yeah, what do you wind up with? You get a fucking chained up, subjugated Batman and a pervert's trench coat. It's about four seconds away from being cobained by a Kryptonian load. It's not what I want out of my Batman and Superman. You thought about that. You, you you sat down and thought about that, and you strung together some alliteration on... <laughs> For $10, all you can eat testicle fest. Yeah. <laughs> Cobain, Kryptonian load. I don't think Cobain is supposed to be a verb. Shut up. Quit smiling, you idiot. You're supposed to be a professional. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> Doing the best I can with this whole project. Your efforts are appreciated. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Every once in a while, <laughs> yeah, I try to put a little more thought into this. You, but. you did. So nobody really wants Red Sun, other than maybe some weird subset of geek fetish. Well, it just seemed to be a weird thing to to be. Okay, here's our you know first big public tease for the movie in about two or three months, and it's just this scene of. Affleck and Cavill glaring at each other, sweaty under hot lights, <laughs> referencing a book that even even Zack Snyder hasn't said. Oh, this is a big influence on the movie. It just seemed like a weird, yeah, a weird thing to do, and it it didn't work for me. It's like, what are you showing me here? Super Nazis and two dudes about to leap into a passionate embrace. I have no idea. So it's yeah, it's a, it, that was a real failure to me. It's like I you know, watch it. It's like. And that's it? Ugh, I feel kind of weird. <laughs> well, I, I think, I don't know. We're not going to know until we see, when does this drop? Next year? Uh, March, yeah. March. We're not going to know in, until we see the movie, but y you get the impression that Batman and Luther, Lex Luthor, who has hair in this, at least as far as we know, um, both seem to be concerned with the godlike power that is unchecked um, of Superman. Well, I mean, and that gets into the actual... Uh, trailer itself that came out on Wednesday that had a lot more than just this. But, I mean, you just saw the teaser just before we... You hadn't seen it before. Right? I might have seen it. I, I drink a lot during Gotham. That's the only way to watch that show. <laughs> but, so, did that make you want to watch Batman versus Superman? No. In any way? No. It, it didn't... I mean, I was... And remain up to a, a, a point, although we'll talk about that after we talk about the trailer itself, but excited for this movie but that did nothing to make me more excited no well i mean we, we talked about this last week I, I am i continue to be more excited for star wars in a couple of weeks than than i do for batman versus superman um i i liked man of steel my concern having watched a number of Zack snyder movies at this point is either he's really on point but even on the movies where he's not on point, Watchmen, uh, where he's on point, rather, Watchmen. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> no, that was pretty good, actually. He did okay with he that. Still, he still like suffers from cinematic elephantesis. There's just too much shit going on. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, and I think, based on what we see in the actual trailer itself, and I think that's going to be a real... All right, so let's move on to the actual trailer. Yes. Now, we watched that a few times. Yes. Um... I <laughs> I have opinions about it. Uh, do you have any general thought? Well, let's start with the did the 
trailer make you more excited to see the movie? Yes and no. Uh, okay, thank you. That's that's been Amanda, everybody. <laughs> Go on. Yes. So, uh, in summary, waffles. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pancakes! <laughs> it's a cabin fever reference, kids, if you haven't. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I mean, I... I, I am enjoying the footage they've released of Affleck being Batwayne, uh, Batwayne, Bruce Wayne. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I, I think he, he is doing it justice so far. All 30 seconds or so, I guess that I've seen it, but I, I mean, but you know, it's, it's, it's Affleck. And honestly, when I think of Affleck, my mind always casts back to that gork that was in Goodwill Hunting. So, no, oh yeah, it's, I go straight back to Mallrats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm the Batman, and I want to fuck you in an uncomfortable place. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't get the image out of my head of, of, of Batman taking Shannon Doherty in an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? Like the back of a Volkswagen? <laughs> Um, and yeah, I think the the best part I've seen of any of these is, yeah, Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Yes. So I'm with you. I thought it, people were screaming when he was first cast. I've said all along, he'll be fine. Yeah. And he's going to be fine. He'll be fine as Batman, the little pieces of Batman that we've seen. He's fine with it. I mean, not in the pervert trench coat. That's a little weird, and I don't know where that comes from. But I don't know, otherwise, you, you own a trench coat. You own that trench coat. Yes, I own that trench coat. You know what I don't own? Fucking shackles and a friend wearing lycra. I don't have those and things. And a Batman mask. I, I Although think, Christmas is coming. I've, yeah, I've got a, uh, I got a V for Vendetta mask. <laughs> See, now who's making it weird? I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to plan my week. Um, you know, in, in the same vein, I, I enjoy what I have seen so far of Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Um, and that's saying something because, you know, we were talking earlier, and I'm sure we'll get to this too. There's uh, allegedly the new Flash is supposed to show up in this. Um, yeah, there's supposed to be a very Ezra minor Miller. A glimpse or cameo or so we're, we're getting a glimpse of Flash. And and my response to that was, meh, because I really like Grant Gustin's work on the TV show. Now, that being said, I really enjoy Sean Pertwee's work as Alfred on the TV show, but I'm down with watching Jeremy Irons also do the part on the big screen. So I I guess it comes down to the actor for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, look, Pertwee's the best part of Gotham. Oh god, yes. Yeah, I've I've almost completely checked out of my head on Gotham. I just I have. It's not working for me nearly as well as I hoped. That's okay. But he's really good. So it's you know not like, you know, oh, I won't watch this, but it's like okay, it's on. I'll pay attention to it. But yeah, but yeah he's really good in it. So um those things I liked I I also, because it was a neat visual, yes, Wonder Woman being really badass right at the end of it with her, her magic shield of doom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nothing getting past that, boys. Um, <laughs> I think it was at Gal Gadot. I always fuck up her first name. Um, that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think she's she definitely has the look of Wonder Woman. This is the most that we've really seen of her other than static shots, I think. Yeah, know? and the idea of if, if Doomsday is firing some sort of laser ray with his eyes, which sounds like he absorbed it from Superman, 
Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and <laughs> and and doomsday. her shield is able to deflect it. Wow, that's really badass and cool. However, the the fact that then I see the the trinity of them standing there, and Batman seems to have a shotgun. I have concerns about. There are many things that they do with Batman in this that some of some of is taken from the Miller stuff. Still like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I am looking forward to this movie. I want to see this movie. This trailer was no fucking good. It just, it wasn't good. I don't know who they're marketing this to. Well, that's a pro. Tonally, the thing was all over the fucking place to start with. Yeah, and this time, yeah, again, in the effort of, I'm trying to bring our game back up. I have audio from the trailer. All right, let's do it. So, you know, the the opening is, you know, very much what DC and Warner Brothers have been saying all along is that they will make their movies different from Marvel Studios because they are serious and there's very little, you know, in the way of humor which certainly was the case with Man of Steel. And yeah, we get unaware of each other, Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent, you know, sort of sparring with each other, you know, right from the, the opening sort of cleverness of, you know, you've got, uh, you know, here's Clark Kent seeing the Bentley or whatever. It's, if it's any, if it's any better than a 911, I don't know what the car is, but anyway. Who's that? You must be new. That is Bruce Wayne. I want that music in my life. I want that to be my entrance music all the time. <laughs> well, that could be arranged. <laughs> but I mean, I, actually, even that was a little tonally weird because, it, yeah, it's uh, okay, here's, oh, we're going to see the first meeting of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, but then you get that weird audio stinger that's supposed to be completely coincidental, but sort of, you know, hammer home, like winking at the crowd. <laughs> That's Bruce Wayne. It's Batman, right? Isn't that so? It's, just, it's it's a weird feel for it. But then the actual you know conversations that start up. So yeah, it starts with uh, with Clark complaining to Bruce about Batman. Civil liberties are being trampled on in your city. People living in fear. He thinks he's above the law. <laughs> he he thinks he's above the law. <laughs> Somebody needs to be twirling a mustache. <laughs> well, we do have Lex Luthor coming up. <laughs> He'll lose his head hair eventually. eventually. Maybe he grow a nice goatee or something. <laughs> He'll be the one who knocks. Oh, God. Everyone's the one who knocks. Am, in, I, am I the one who knocks? Uh, in this house, probably. Yeah, okay. you can kick my ass. <laughs> but and then we, you know, again, trying to keep that serious tone. We've got uh, Bruce Wayne's opinions about Superman. If, they, if it plays when I press the button. Daily Planet criticizing those who think they're above the laws. Oh, hypocritical. What'd you say? Considering every time your hero saves a cat out of a tree, you read a puff piece editorial about an alien. You could burn the whole place down. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you've, you've got that opening tone of, of these two... Oh, it's going to be a full head-to-head, but even, yeah, with that weird stinger, then obviously I'm adding the stinger in places where you know, it's it's not supposed to be. But uh, but it still works, because it's the whole point. Yeah. And I, the best line in that whole sequence, uh, actually, yeah, again, <laughs> got to give it to Affleck. Maybe it's Gotham City in me. We just have a bad history with freaks dressed like clowns. 
but even there, the minute he says, maybe it's the Gotham City in me, it's, it immediately transfers to, maybe it's a Southie in me, but I'll fuck your head. I'll <laughs> it's beat from your, Cambridge. I'll beat your ass, kid. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anybody that. Believe me, he's been trying to hide that shit his entire fucking career. Chucky from Goodwill Hunting was not a Cambridge kid. Just saying. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, kid, people people from Cambridge, uh, yeah, they, they don't have that accent, kid. But uh, It's not entirely true. Some of, some of them do, but... Um, I, I just wanted to take both of them and say, boy, say, boys, boys, you're both vigilantes. What's the problem here? <laughs> <laughs> Can't we all just get along <laughs> in this movie called Batman versus Superman? <laughs> but yeah, you get that head to head trying to build intensity yet with weird music stings to sort of wink at the audience. And then he goes straight to fucking Lex Luthor. Boys. Mm. Bruce Wayne meets Clark Kent. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I need it. I need it more flamboyant. Take it again. It's, it's even worse just in audio. This is the first time I've just listened to it, as opposed to to watching Eisenberg do it. It was hard enough watching him do it, but yeah, intensity. Batman versus Superman, and then boys. <laughs> no, Jesse, Jesse. I, there is scenery that still needs to be chewed on. Please, there, there's a corner left unchewed. <laughs> Boys! Get in there! <laughs> now hit the showers. <laughs> no! No! Again, that's the Warren Ellis movie. I don't think we're in that movie. <laughs> Take a knee? <laughs> At least it's a knee. Two knees, back to the Warren Ellis movie. But yeah, we've got the intensity and then, uh, yeah, big flamboyant Lex. Boys! Mm. Bruce Wayne meets Clark Kent. I love it. I love bringing people together. How are we? Lex. Hi, hello. Lex, it is a pleasure. Ow, wow, that is a good grip. You should not pick a fight with this person. <laughs> he starts flamboyant and ends as Woody Allen. I, I'm not sure what, what Eisenberg's going for there. There's there's a quarter inch of scenery that remains unnawed upon. Only, <laughs> only barely. Because <laughs> he, uh... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he chews scenery all over the place. Yeah, the the, the next uh, next clip I got. The greatest gladiator match in the history of the world. Son of Krypton versus Bat of Gotham. Did he lisp? Uh, in which <laughs> which part? The whole thing? Yeah. The, Seriously, like I don't want to cast dispersions, but th- there does seem to be a certain direction that he was given. Well, let's uh. The greatest gladiator match in the history of the world. Well, he's into gladiators, so that's uh that's vote one. Son of Krypton versus Bat of Gotham. Actually, you know what I honestly think happened there was that they did a cut. Okay. Because I think it's I think the line when you watch the movie will probably wind up being Son of Krypton versus Batman of Gotham. But for whatever reason, they made the decision. Oh no, we can't have the actual names of the characters in the <laughs> second trailer. What? It's not like they're saying Super Bowl. Like- yeah. Well. <laughs> No, they hardly called him Superman in the first uh, in Man of Steel. I guess, so yeah. Maybe they're going forward. Yeah, oh no, this is bigger. This is this is <laughs> this is not just a superhero movie. This is about gladiators. But, okay. <laughs> so it, yeah, it, and I didn't get audio uh, of this one, but yeah, Eisenberg he really is chewing the scenery through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah the, the whole. Uh, where uh, Amy Adams is Lois Lane's like you're a psychopath. He's like a three letter word for small minded people with who can't handle big ideas. Who can't like handle that. big ideas. <laughs> like the one sound clip we don't have. 
that I didn't get the whole goddamn thing. That's it, okay. There, there's a fair use issue. I'd like to remain free as we go forward, but um, but I mean, and, and that's the weird thing. It's for all the months of DC and Warner Brothers saying we're not going to have any humor in these movies. There's no jokes and people going. It's like. They listened to everybody who came out and said, but superheroes are supposed to be fun. There have to be jokes. I would rather have no jokes whatsoever than, than the shitty jokes that are in this fucking trailer. Well, it's, it's also as though they're ignoring the entire thing that's happening. And I granted it's, it's, it's a separate branch for Warner Brothers DC. I, I'm like it is for Marvel. Right. But how can they deny that you can have balance in a story? with humor and heart, but also serious, strong moments, when you look at what is happening with both Flash and Supergirl, yeah. and even Arrow to a lesser degree this season, but, you know. I, you absolutely can, but for whatever reason, Snyder with Man of Steel went on a very low humor, dark, and for whatever reason. It's because Christopher Nolan's Batman movies made a billion Bank, and a half yeah. dollars. So yeah, all right, let's try to turn the Superman movie into a Batman movie. Whether it was successful or not, we could argue about, we have argued about, we'll probably argue about again in March, but yeah, th that was the decision. But it, it's almost like they, Warner and Snyder listened at the early, oh no, there has to be some humors and, humor in it, and they tried to force it in. And and that's what's bothering. The end of this trailer is nothing but the goddamn joke from when Harry met Sally. Yeah. That's all it is. It's this she is with it. you. Damn it. I thought she was with you. Yeah, let me do it again. She with you. I thought she was with you. It is such a bad and awful fucking joke. Yeah. And it's and it ruins not only does it fuck up the tone, it spoils the end of the movie. Yeah. It's, we all knew Wonder Woman was going to be in this. We know Aquaman's going to be in it. We knew Cyborg was going to be in it. Now we know Flash is at least going to have a cameo. The fucking thing is called Dawn of Justice. I get it. In the end, there has to be a Justice League at some point. I think they still should have called it Chasing Superman. <laughs> we keep going back to the, <laughs> keep going back to the, the greatest gladiator match in the history of the world. Yes, the great. Uh, screw it, but. Um, yeah, just just Superman sitting in a tire swing, trying to explain things to Holden. I mean, Batman. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> That's the one out of context Superman quote I've got, and I'm going to start using it. <laughs> now tell me what you can do with your tongue. I had no idea. <laughs> Stay down. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> oh. God, I think I'm having a stroke. Yep, uh, that's burning toast. <laughs> that's definitely. Maybe it's Gotham City and me. Stay down! What have you done? <laughs> I could do this all day. I know, I know. Actually, wait, let me try another one. Maybe it's Gotham City and me. Stay down! She with you. What have you done? <laughs> I just made the porno. <laughs> I just made the porno parody with four sound clips. Wow. Batman on Superman. <laughs> Dawn of just ass. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that'll get us kicked off iTunes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh. So, 
What the fuck was I talking about? Uh, Dawn of Just Ass. What have you done? <laughs> now, what have you done? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it spoils the end of the movie. It's, I know they're going to be the Justice League. We all know they're going to be the Justice League, but and I can even sort of handle the idea that we couldn't get to the end of the movie without seeing them be the Justice League. Could we at least have gotten to the end of 2015? No. Because, you know, we knew Batman and Superman weren't going to kill each other, but they've been pushing the Dark Knight version. Of, I wanted to see a good battle. So if this is the final thing, all right, everybody looks to be in pretty good shape. Apparently, you know, nobody loses a foot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We don't know how things turn out with Doomsday. I mean, one of the theories I heard was that Doomsday kills Superman and that causes all of the other heroes and vigilantes to put their differences aside and come together. Uh, which, okay, I'll give that a day in court. But, I mean, that's the other fucking problem. That we know who the big bad is now. Yeah. Well, and there's too many of them. You've got Lex Luthor in your movie. That should do. Oh, it absolutely should. It was good enough for... Superman. Right. It, was, it was good enough for Superman. We could have done a little more Superman Returns, but it was wow. good enough for Superman. But yeah, it's never. Uh, why Dooms? I just I don't like Dooms. I've never liked Doomsday. First of all, Doomsday has fuck all to do with Batman or Wonder Woman. I know. So, although lately I, I feel like in in some of the um, newer DC New Fifty Two comics. We've seen Wonder Woman take on Doomsday. Well, I mean, at this point, it's 22, 23 years since Death of Superman. So yeah. Doomsday has had his shot at everybody. Yeah. You know, he knocked out most of Justice League International in the first two or three pages of Death of Superman. You know, so he, he, Doomsday has put his hands on people. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> They should hire me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that somebody needs a little nap, is what I think. <laughs> Maybe it's the Gotham City in me. <laughs> Big day in Metropolis. Not sure what's happening there, but I think somebody shouldn't have eaten that burrito. <laughs> what have you done? Anyway. <laughs> But also, Doomsday has ne has never been interesting to me because, and he's he's a force of nature. He's he's as interesting as a, a gallows or a gas chamber. He he only exists to be a thing that can kill Superman. Yeah. he's almost without motivation. It's just a thing that comes to kill Superman, so you can see what happens afterwards. He's not a good character. He's not even a character. He's a device. Yeah, what does Doomsday want? To kill Superman. He just wants to kill. Yeah. Superman happens to be one of the things he kills. Yeah. What's stopping Doomsday from getting what he wants? Superman's not there right now? <laughs> <laughs> what does Doomsday fear? That Superman won't show up so he can kill him. <laughs> what does Doomsday love? Killing Superman. It's, that's not motivate. That's not character. That's it. Yeah, it's a thing that's there to kill Superman. I honestly always thought that Doomsday was nothing but Dan Jurgens sort of winking at the crowd saying the Hulk really could fucking knock Superman right out of his ass. He could kill him dead. 
And I get that there's an implication that this version of Doomsday is some kind of weird clone of uh, Luther Zod. came up with from General Zod, which is actually a riff from uh, that John Byrne did mm-hmm. in the original Mana series miniseries after the first crisis, which means yet another fucking person who did nothing on this movie is going to get a check for some reason. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he did it with Bizarro in Man of Steel. Which honestly makes more sense. If you're going to clone a Kryptonian, you'll wind up with Bizarro and not... Right. You know, not... <laughs> Snyder, kids love the Hulk. Put a Hulk in the movie, Snyder. What have you done? You should take a cue from the, the Hulk movie where you had the Hulk and you had Abomination and... Let's just stop with Abomination. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Well, all right. It could be worse. You could put Doomsday in a movie and get Roger Daltrey. Um, oh, geez. What, <laughs> what, what was that? Lois and Clark. Yeah. 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 I, I, didn't, I didn't watch that. I <laughs> I've heard about that. But... Yeah, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nobody. And I love Daltrey. And I, Roger, what do you think about? <laughs> Come on. If you need money, call Pete to put the band back together. For Christ's sake. Uh, I can give you a hot meal. Here's a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, Doomsday. He's just he's fucking boring. I mean, he's interesting as a way to make Superman dead, so you can see the interesting shit that happens when Superman is dead, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, I mean, if it's, it's if it's to prove that the world really does need Superman by removing Superman from the world, okay, you did it. But that seems like really lazy shorthand for telling a story. Yeah, I mean, it's it gives more dynamic visuals than Superman uh, and a lump of kryptonite or yeah. a testicular lump or whatever else would kill Superman. But it's still just a, here's how we make Superman dead. And that's not exciting. Here's how we make Superman dead, and here's how we prove to the world that you really did need Superman. Except that you didn't really need Superman, because if Superman hadn't come to Earth, and there wouldn't have been this alien DNA that Lex Luthor could have fed his hands on to create Doomsday. <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> so it's circular logic and it comes back to yeah you're all right he shouldn't be here he's fucking up the planet by <laughs> well also doomsday is nothing but brawn which makes sense going up against superman because superman ultimately is uh, that's his main power yes. but it's, it doesn't make any sense for him to go up against batman or wonder woman you know, you, you've got this force of nature. You, you've basically you got the world's greatest detective and the world's greatest diplomat joining forces to tackle the intellectual problem of. How do you solve a problem like Lex Luthor? <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, tonally, it's all over the place. It gives away the general end of the movie. It gives away at least one villain. Uh, We know that we knew already that Wonder Woman was in it, but now we know it goes to the Trinity. So, yeah, we've got packed villains. We don't know if Zod actually shows up or if he is just cloned. I'm anticipating that's really the case. Yeah. And somehow we still got to get Aquaman and Cyborg into this and at least a glimpse of the Flash. There's... There's too much shit. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, I don't know how they're going to pull this off. It's, it's shit all over the place. There's no focus. If you can't keep a focus in the trailer, there's three minutes. You've yeah. got the whole movie and all the outtakes and deleted scenes and shit. It, I, I hope this movie doesn't suck, but this trailer just seems like Snyder as a monkey flinging poo. Let me try this. I don't want to try this. <laughs> to Doomsday and, and Lex and 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 Wonder Woman and I don't know what I want anymore. <laughs> Is my check here? Can I have my check, The please? suits told me I needed to put Aquaman in there. Here, have that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the forced creation of a Marvel-style universe and trying to do it in two movies, it's just... It's too much. There, there's you got to spend some time with the characters. You got to let them build up. Otherwise, and I'll say it again, you end up with cinematic elephantesis. Yeah, that'll probably be the time. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it took Marvel five movies to get to Avengers. Yeah, and DC's trying to do it in uh, three. Yeah, three because Wonder Woman's filming now, uh, and I, it's Justice League after that. I think so. And I don't even know if they have a director for that yet. Uh, I, I don't know. George, uh, George Miller uh, from Mad Max was rumored for a while. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that just seemed like an easy rumor because he was going to do a Justice League movie eight, ten years ago. Right. With Army Hammer. God help us all. <laughs> Thank yeah. God that didn't get made. He Might seems have been like, okay. seems like a very nice man, but he, he's got the reverse Midas touch. Everything he touched turns to shit. <laughs> they just... And Hollywood wants him to have a franchise. They feel Army's a nice guy, and maybe he said have a franchise someday. Well, Lone Ranger, fuck. Okay, Man from Uncle, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Army, buddy, Bubula, we're gonna get you your franchise. So, so what would be a good franchise for Army Hammer? Uh, I don't know, but I know I want fries with that. <laughs> like I said, he seems like a nice enough guy, but you know, Wonder is nice enough bread. It doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> You know, as as a Winkle Voss, he was fine. <laughs> the fuck else is he gonna do? I don't care. As a Winkle Voss, he was fine. I don't think anybody in the history of mankind has strung those words together before. <laughs> Not I, because his performance was poor, but like just nobody puts Winkle Voss in a sentence on purpose anymore. Yeah, it's <laughs> and he played both Winkle Vi. <laughs> it was both of them. Uh, Jesus Christ, Tom Hardy, they're pushing like hell on that crime movie this yeah, winter to they, get him an twin. Oscar. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hardy will walk home with an Oscar. Good Arm, Army Hammer, uh, he'll, he'll be in the Mr. Peanut movie. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be Richie Rich. Oh, God. The, the grown-up Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, actually, you know what? That that would be not, not necessarily as a Army Hammer vehicle. I would I would totally watch... Kevin gets old, like like as a, as a series of new like Home Alone movies. Like he's just like plagued by people trying to break into his apartment, or like he's living in his parents' basement because he never realized his potential because they kept leaving him home. So he never had any life enriching experiences. Travel, see the world. <laughs> so just in the basement. <laughs> yeah, just in the basement. But people keep trying to break in. <laughs> but, yeah, and 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 uh, he has to keep coming up with more and more elaborate traps, but um, it keeps costing his parents money because every time this happens, their insurance goes up, but they can't kick him out because they love him and he has nowhere to go because he can't get a job. <laughs> I know he try he tries to get a job delivering pizza, but he refuses to touch anything but a nice plain cheese pizza. Yeah, <laughs> Army, <laughs> buddy, <laughs> have we got the project for you? 
That project is finished painting the house. <laughs> we have electrical needs to army. Come here, buddy. Hot meal. Hot meal. Just string this fucking Ethernet cable. <laughs> Paint my house, Winklevoss. <laughs> I said sweep, you spastic. Uh, so, it's the fatigue hysteria. Oh, God. All right. Uh, the one thing, the best line in the whole thing, and the, the, if there's any red meat in this for, for people who aren't Red Sun fans, uh, it was this one two-second line. It's time you learn what it means to be a man. Only because that's, well, all right, that's also straight back to the weird Warren Ellis version. But no, that's that's actually almost directly from the, the fight between Batman and Superman and Dark Knight Returns. Yes. So that one is like, okay, all right, that, that stuff is at least still happening. But uh, yeah, just as, as advertisement for the movie, I'm less excited about it now. I don't know who they want to market it to. Everyone and no one. Well, yeah, and that's what they're trying to sell it to, I guess. But it's yeah, just totally weird. It's it's all over the place. So yeah, it's I still want to see it. Yeah, I, I do want to see it also. But yeah, with four extra, this is like the it's like the reverse Star Wars. You know, we're watching all the Star Wars stuff and trying to okay. There's another few frames of footage. I feel like I really want to know what's going on. The more they show me a Batman versus Superman, the more I'm like, ooh, oh, I, I hope this is all right. Yeah. This a, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> so. So there you have it. Yeah. March 2016. That's right. That'll be a hell of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, assuming we're on the air. <laughs> we'll be on the air. Army! The roof is leaking, goddammit! I'm paying you in food! <laughs> Army! Uh, All right. Oh, we're about 50 minutes in. You want to talk a few comics? Let's talk yeah, some comics. We're taping on a weird night, and, and I am kind of <laughs> fried. And clear. This you're, is, you're just shouting. Like, this it, is very, I, 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 Army! I, God damn it! I expect that you should, like, mat in that picture of Grandpa Simpson, like, old man yells at clouds. Like... <laughs> <laughs> A middle-aged man yells at army. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a day. Get out of the road. That could be a time right now. Film at 11. <laughs> I'm not filming army. Then I got to pay him scale. <laughs> uh, I should open more beer. Shit. These, <laughs> it's a problem. These Guinness uh, bottles, they're not even 12 ounces. They're 11.2 because they got the, uh, the widget in them. The widget it has got. The, the widget it has got, and I, I'm not paying for nitrogen, motherfucker. I need alcohol to get through the rest of this show. Do you need NOS? Do you need a bite tonight? I need NOS, and I do need a bite tonight. I can't help you. Uh, <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> All right. So which of these do you want to talk to, talk to, talk to, talk about? Uh, I will leave it up to you. Let's start with Daredevil number one. All right. So yeah, it's uh, this time you wrote down the creative teams. I did. I forgot. Charles Sewell and Ron Garney. Yes. So. I want to start with, I really like Ron Garney's art in this. It, it harkens back for me to work that was done in some of the early uh, Marvel Max stuff. Yeah, it is uh, definitely more reminiscent uh, looking a book of, say, the Brian Bendis run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the stuff in the early 2000s. This, 
seems very much a calculated attempt to get back to the tortured, angry daredevil that Mark Wade's four years sort of tried to at least move a little bit past. Yeah. I'm not sure how successful it is, but yeah, it's it's a good looking book. It's a good looking book and it's issue one, so it's kind of hard to say, but yeah, wow is uh, Daredevil angsty. Yeah, I mean, we're right back to that. Um, now, to be fair, to be fair, he's taken a job as an assistic, assistant district attorney after years and years of, of being a defense attorney. Yeah, I don't like that. And and they've got him living, uh, living, working in the basement of the building, not in, but next to an elevator shaft. Yes. Granted, he can't see it, but I would be a little <laughs> bitter too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, the... it. Charles Sewell is a very good writer. Charles Sewell is a lawyer. The legal feel of this book, I anticipate, will be spot on as it goes forward. I in no way agree with, at least at this point, the idea of making Matt Murdock a prosecutor. Is there a purpose? <clears throat> I, I, I must admit, I did not finish the Wade series because there was just so many other books going on. Um, with the Wade series, uh, he... Uh, Defeated the kingpin, at least came to some sort of detente with him, uh, was, as I recall, and again, all our comics and all our reference shit is still in boxes, um, so it's been a couple months since I read it, so I could be a little shaky, but yeah, I mean, he was still outed, still friends with Foggy, still dating uh, What's-Her-Face out in San Francisco, so yeah, the sudden post-Secret Wars snap back to New York and I'm going to be a prosecutor Yeah, with some unnamed thing Matt did to make everybody forget his uh, identity except for Foggy. Well, that's the other thing, too. Has has uh, the final issue of Secret Wars dropped? And if it has, I apologize. Oh, no. Uh, actually, it has been delayed until mid-January. Because maybe maybe the, the reason for Matt's angst is in that issue. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> because it's just it's like, all right, he's like bitter and bitchy and, and foggy. He has something up his ass. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. it's. Uh, I, I'm going to need it explained to me what Matt did to make everybody forget because... <laughs> by by having an exposed secret identity and taking some unknown action to make everybody forget, Sewell's doing everything but sliding up and screaming in my ear, one more day! Exactly. And that's not a thing that I want. That's exactly. not a thing that anybody wants. And by not revealing it quickly, it's like, you've got me on edge. Mm -hmm. And yeah, making Matt a prosecutor, we'll have to see what Sewell does with it. I think is an absolutely wrong choice for this character part of what has made daredevil work for years and years is daredevil is about justice yes and the dichotomy was he was a guy who would go above the law to punish the guilty and remain within the law to defend the innocent yes that combination is as close to perfect balanced Lady Justice, scales of justice as you can get to push everything over to the to the punishment side of it, I right. think is a really bad choice. Sewell's a really good writer. He could do something really cool with it. But Well, because what, we, what we're seeing right now is he's prosecuting um, this gangster, um, Ten Fingers, mm. and he's using his powers to protect informants so that he can have a stronger case. Right. Which feels, uh, okay, fine, you're, you're defending 
the little guy, but the little guy is still a bad guy. It right. feels like an abuse of his powers. Yeah, it it feels really weird to me. It, it feels like the Batmanization of Daredevil, mm. and that's I already. And got when you that. say Batmanization, you mean like the Jim Gordon currently being Batman? Uh, kind of. Yeah, it just sort of pushing toward uh, no, I am vengeance as opposed to I am justice. I am corporate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I am. I. I. I am. Not defending. The, I'm not defending the little guy. I am the man. <laughs> yeah, and look, I don't think there was any doubt that you know, as beloved as Wade's run on Daredevil was, you know, after the Netflix first season, there wasn't a doubt he was going back to New York. He was going yeah. back to a secret identity. Yes, but but this just yeah, I'll have to see how it plays out. Right now, it, it got some concerns. Yeah, my favorite part of the book, sadly, uh, and I've not read it for a couple days, uh, was his his new protege, Blind Spot. Blind Spot. Um, there's a there's an on the nose nickname. For yes, that. Blind Spot, <laughs> who who apparently Matt slash Daredevil has just recently met, but yet somehow trusts with his life and trusts to train, despite uh, the fact that he seems to be working for Ten Fingers. There, I'll say it. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> And so you caught the T-shirt too? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, a, the '80s T-shirt, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a very nice visual thing that Garney put in, that and then Matt I'm, wouldn't necessarily have picked up on. Right. So that was the the most, but not screaming out. It was like I had to go back and forth, but it was so I, I like that kind of subtle thing in comics. So I like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just seems like difficult, difficult choices for for this character. It's. It's too early, but it's, a, you know, from Mark Wade's first issue, um, and I forget who the artist was on that, Carlos Martin. That sounds right. Uh, it was pretty clear. It's like, wow, there's something really cool and special going on here. But back to Bendis, and uh, mm. there are there are teams that come on. It's like, wow, okay, yep, this is cool. And they clearly love Daredevil. And I think this team clearly loved Dare, loves Daredevil. But the, this issue I came out of with, uh, I'm not sure they get them. Feels a little Elseworldsy. A little bit. Yeah. It's, it's I, like a what if. Like we were talking about ele- elevator pitches. What if Matt Murdock was a prosecutor? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I should have gotten the law and order. Dung, dung. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it for a subsequent show. Oh, wait. Is this it? I want you guys to go out there and protect your balls at any cost. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. That was not it. <laughs> that was very, very, very much not it. Yeah, so. <laughs> Next, you're going to yeah. ask me to tell you about the Twinkie. <laughs> yes it's true this man has no dick anyway <laughs> yeah it's uh i don't know I, I had real trouble coming out of this one it's it, i i really like charles Sewell's writing i yes. like the art in this i like the and i said when we talked about previous issues of daredevil wade pushed the public secret identity as far as he possibly could to a point where there were times it really didn't feel like Daredevil. The red yeah. suit yeah. and the autobiography. It's I, I think he went a little further in a direction than I was really psyched about. Yeah, but on the other hand, it's brave. If you're gonna if you're gonna follow it, follow it all the way. Oh yeah, it's uh, I I can't fault his decisions. They were all logical and went to a logical place. But this hinges on we don't know, but Matt did something. And that something made everybody forget and fucked up his his bromance with Foggy. Yeah. Yeah. It, Foggy may as well be Mary Jane in this. Lightning. 
fire. Power of God or something. Where's Mephisto? <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> Please, God, let that not be the case. I'm just saying, it's, it's it seems suspicious. We've definitely missed something. Because Foggy and Matt, at the the one thing I remember was they were absolutely on the same page as each other. And you know, Matt was basically saying, God, I'm so lucky to have these people who, who love me. So what happened? Listening audience, if something, if you know what happened, you know, please email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. I know what happened. For a $10 all-you-can-eat testicle fest. You have problems. <laughs> I'm very tired. <laughs> my third beer. Um, because it's not readily apparent to us, but we drank, so we may have killed the brain cell that held that information. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it, Enough has changed with enough uh, silences as to certain things. It will be revealed to us. I don't think it's going to wind up being part of Secret Wars. I think it will wind up being a series of flashbacks, which is fine. Yeah. Done correctly to, to show me some logic to bring Matt to this point. Okay. But. but. <laughs> yeah, as of right now, it's... Uh, I'm, I, it is not a Daredevil number one that has made me go... Yeah, God, this is why I love Daredevil. Okay. It's one that's making me say, okay, what do you got? Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But, I mean, I think think for both you and I, the sort of core characters that came out of um, some of these Max and and Knight's books, um, Daredevil, Elektra, Punisher, um, those are ones that we really dug as, as like, stories that... (laughs) That are like the first ones that we grab at the top of the polls when we we come home. Oh so, yeah, back in the early two thousands, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um. So we have a certain sort of covetous nature, I guess, to the character. It's like, please be careful with my thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's... we don't really own the thing. I mean, we've gone about we've gone in about this um, regarding fandom before. Like, okay, it's 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 your toy to play with right now, Sewell. Great. I'm gonna be bummed if you break them. <laughs> You can't break these characters. It's just a question of, okay, well, did you, did you get logically from point A to point Z? Exactly, yeah. You know, if we're at point F right now, show me where point A was. Yeah. Point F. That's, that point sounds F. unnecessarily <laughs> dire, but... <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's too early to, to say, oh, no, it's a fucking tra- tragedy. It's a travesty, but it, it, it's... It's not early enough. Okay. Point F isn't unnecessarily dire. I mean, if you if you've like left the alphabet and have moved on to other alphabets, point lambda. Like (laughs) (laughs) point lambda. I got laid at point lambda when I was in college. (laughs) But I I get what you're saying. (laughs) So yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. But it was not an issue that made me go, "Yep, Daredevil, awesome." So we'll see. Okay. All right, what else we got? We have two books um, on deck. We've got... And, and I'll, both of these you have read more recently than I have, so... We have The Totally Awesome Hulk, which is Greg Pak and Frank Cho. And we've got Robin War, number one. These are both number ones. Um, and that is Tom King and a variety of artists. Um, I thought it would be good to kind of talk about these books because you've got... Other characters from within their respective universes stepping into the role of a, a previously established character. So 
spoilers, um, you've got Amadeus Cho stepping into the role of the Hulk because something bad happened to Banner and he absorbed a bunch of bad radiation and he's off the board for right now. At least that's how it seems. But, yeah. Um, and, you know, so how does, how does the eighth smartest person on the planet per the what, Pym Doom scale or some shit like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I got laid at Pym Doom back in college. <laughs> Pym Von Doom raw calc scale. Um, how, do, how does he do, you know, stepping into the role of the Hulk? Um, turns out that when you become big and green, and you have all of this testosterone flowing through your body, uh, you want to make poor choices. Or you don't want to, but you can't help but make poor choices. Well, there were, there were a couple potential metaphors I saw in here. And, and one of the simplest is, you know, yeah, growing into adulthood. Yes. Know, Cho has always been shown as an adolescent. He's a kid. Yes. So as a writ large, as I grow and have testosterone and get green pubes and whatever that happened to all of us right green pubes <laughs> i think you should see somebody no 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 press but green pubes sounds like uh, somebody's really amateur hour st patrick's day went wrong <laughs> <laughs> anyway um yes just sort of as a, a you know oh going into adulthood and learning how to you know control yourself uh, that a possible metaphor there another one that i i saw was just sort of the idea of someone, and I'm probably reading too much into this because I've been drinking, but <laughs> but yeah, it's as someone who was a geek in junior high school and high school back in the 80s to grow into a powerhouse where culture is all about the stuff that sort of kept you marginalized. You know, does that make you a dick? Does it make you exclusionary want to exclude people i don't know i'm probably reaching here i don't think you're necessarily reaching but i think i think the core piece here for for cho is the yeah he's he's a very smart young man who's relied on science and technology and his creations to make him one of the best in the world and so he feels like he can just apply these coping strategies to a problem like being the hulk <laughs> And and what does that mean? Because he has this whole dream sequence where it's like, no, I've got it all under control. And he's in the dream, he's driving this really cool car, except the Hulk is lurking in the trunk. Dun dun. Yeah. Now, where was the music stinger now? I put it away. It was on a different soundboard. <sighs> I've only got limited space here. For <laughs> fine, fine. God damn it. See what the you done? there. See <laughs> the Hulk's in the trunk. <laughs> Some people have junk in the trunk. He has Hulk in the trunk. Stay down. It's <laughs> a much better. Audio. I want you guys to go out there and protect your balls at any cost. <laughs> Not to say that's a much better audio clip as I'm as I'm standing here, sitting here, staring at the Hulk, and then you had to go put in there and protect the balls. Well, <laughs> he loses his which, pants at which one point. He, yeah, it does not. Um, but I think it's it's an interesting choice. It, it, there's been a certain amount of flack, I think, some of these titles have been taking um, as publicity stunts in terms of, oh, I'm going to put this character in as this um, superhero for now, but we all know it's all going to revert back to person, you know, the original person at some point. Sure. 
I think that at this point, it's happened enough that people need to just settle the hell down <laughs> well, and, and let people tell the stories. Well, yeah. And, and also, you know, there's Marvel Studios have been such a driving force in Marvel Comics. I want to say I read something recently where somebody sort of, at least off the record, said, yeah, we're, we're getting sort of orders from... I could be making that up. It might have been a nightmare I had. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, there's... <laughs> if you can convince the core audience that it is not only okay but interesting to put somebody new in the suit, now Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have any negotiating power. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. And and they've opened the door for for Cho by including the now deceased mother in Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. If Ruffalo decides that he's done or gets mouthy. <laughs> yeah. Because what we've got here is um, a sibling dynamic. So you've got Amadeus Cho in the role of the Hulk, but driving from the outside is his sister. Yep. And she seems to have sort of a maternal relationship with him as well, because when he begins to hulk out and yells at her, her reaction is, you don't get to talk to me that way. Like, it doesn't matter that he's he's turning green and getting bigger. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I will smack you. <laughs> green and Hulk. Or if my brother tried that shit with me, I'd, oh. <laughs> I'd smack him in the next week. Yeah. It, yeah. My sister was bigger than me. and <laughs> Oh, my brother's 6'5". Uh, <laughs> He'd have a fight on his hands. Hey, you do not get to talk to me that way. I will end you. <laughs> <laughs> I am a large, semi-muscular man. I can take it. <laughs> so there, I think, yeah, there's a lot of cool things to explore here. And where where we ran into some issues with Daredevil, again, we're talking about, like, they didn't necessarily put somebody new in the suit, but they put a different iteration of the character in the suit. Sure. Um, at least we have a bit of a flashback here to give us a taste and a tease of, all right, here's a thing that may have been a catalyst for why this happened probably is uh, okay. but at least it's it's there on the table something happened to banner yes and banner thought he had his shit together like it's like the most together we've ever seen banner until it goes wrong yeah <laughs> and cho being just as smart also thinks he can handle it yeah and we're seeing here he cannot necessarily right so yeah you've got Oh, there's so many metaphors to mix i had steroids as i was a geek growing into manhood <laughs> it's you know it's it's a variety of things like what happens if you know you finally have the opportunity to do everything that you always wanted to do but it turns out to be the worst possible thing that could have ever happened to you yeah <laughs> you know and also you can't not make the comparison particularly when you're dealing with a teenage character here's where amadeus cho learns that with great power comes great responsibility you just want to suck the joy out of everything. <laughs> but you can't not make that comparison because, kid. Yeah, sure. And God knows that's a formula that's worked for Marvel in the past. Yeah. And the whole crooks of being the Hulk is you've got all of this power. And depending on who's writing you, you're a mindless beast. So you've got no responsibility. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the core of the Hulk is power without control or responsibility. Yeah. You know, or the responsibility is guilt. Yeah. Because you couldn't control it. So you either isolate yourself. <laughs> yes. Or or you have to find a way to cope. And and for the longest time, there has been no way for Green Hulk 
to to control the the power. I mean, they, right? They they've done some iterations lately where that's not been the case, but um. So Cho is going down a road that he probably won't be able to handle. No, I, <laughs> we are not going to come out of this series with Amadeus Cho as still a Hulk. No, we're not. But you know what? Where the rubber hits the road, this is an Amadeus Cho book by Greg Pak. Yes. Oh, yeah. If there's anybody I want writing a Hulk book, regardless of who is driving the Hulk, I want it to be Greg Pak. Yeah. And it, he just over the years, he's had such fun and written such fun books with this character from Hulk to uh, to Hercules. Yep. It, it's good to see him get his, his day in the sun, even though, yeah, it's a, it's a different direction. Because he was always just, I have to live by my brains, and that's enough. Yeah. No. So yeah, this exploration of okay, now you got muscle. Yeah, it's it's interesting. This one I had much more of a yeah, okay, I'm excited about this than I did from Daredevil. Right. Right. So let's also then turn the same analytic lens. Oh, look at me being all like we're being analytic. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you might be. I'm thinking I'm down to my last inch of beer, so we got to wrap the show soon. <laughs> Robin War. So um, DC has been running a book called We Are Robin for some time. Yeah, which has been pretty good. Yes. I haven't read every issue, but I've, I've liked the ones that we picked up. I think we talked about the first issue when it yeah. came out. And, and it's an interesting study. You know what happens when you have kids who want to take their streets back and they, they have a symbol that they, they want to embrace and embody um, and and – can can that be enough to to rally them and note to self get some warrior sound clips anyway <laughs> um and then what happens when the authority figures in their world um uh, and the power structure of their world wants to put the kibosh on that it's again another story where there's a certain level of metaphors you know kids want to grow up they want to start demonstrating that they can be in control and they can assert agency over their worlds. And there's always going to be that adult who's saying, no, you're not ready yet. Or no, this is the way things are and it's the way that things are always going to be. So you get back in your hole. Well, this was a little broader because it's it's one thing in Totally Awesome Hulk yep. uh, where it's it's an examination of a single character and whether or not he's ready for adulthood those responsibilities you know, through the lens of just the power of the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might be stretching there. But anyway, uh, with the ensemble cast of Robin War, We Are Robin, you get right out of the gate an example of, yeah, here's a kid who is not prepared for that. No, but the, it also becomes a larger question of, are any of them prepared for that? Because the question is raised by Damian Wayne of all people. <laughs> like, how can you possibly think you're Robin? Robin is trained by Batman. Batman's not here. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's also a kind of reductive logic from... It's Damian. It's reductive. Yeah, that's what he course. does. Yes. And he douchebaggery. And spoilers, the best part of this book, Damian getting tuned up repeatedly. Yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> that was a great scene. Now they say Robin can finish a fight. Okay, let's, let's tune him up. <laughs> I could watch Damian Wayne get his ass kicked all day long. Yeah, uh, yeah. If we ever need a real boy <laughs> hostage in DC Comics, I vote for Damian Wayne. Yes. 
but so yeah so out of the gate we've got this one kid who who is the uh their stamford moment <laughs> yeah pretty much that's, that's um, a pretty decent analogy yeah he's he's a kid who's not prepared to be robin but he thinks that he's doing the right thing by trying to subdue um a, a, a thug that's trying to rob a liquor store and all he succeeds in doing is freaking out the proprietor um the cops come the kid freaks out accidentally shoots the cop because he's trying to help subdue the bad guy yeah and then he runs from the scene yeah just an object lesson on damien's side of anything else no this is why you need to be trained by batman number one you don't have a gun yeah number two you take some goddamn responsibility for what you're doing but at the same time that character when he talks with duke later Duke shows much more maturity in saying, this is what I would do, but you have to handle it. Yeah. You know, this is, it's on you. You have to carry it however you do it. So, yeah, as an examination of can can youth, or at what point does youth become ready for adult responsibility to to this type of level? Yeah, there are various characters at various stages of that yeah we, we see a couple of them here and i'm guessing we're going to see more because with, with this kind of ensemble cast there's no excuse for a decent writer to not show every argument and we're already getting various arguments just from within the actual robins that we see from damien's you you know very simple and reductive you can't be robin you weren't trained by batman to jason todd's the yeah fuck it little anarchy's fine <laughs> I was trained by Batman. It didn't work out so great. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's when when Jason Todd is the unlikely voice of reason <laughs> in a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it should give you pause. <laughs> I, I'm always a little concerned when I see Jason Todd say anything, but help! I'm in my coffin. Let me out, for the love of God. <laughs> um. So we've got various Robins on the scene who are actual, by by Damien's rationale, real Robins. They were trained by Batman. Um, Tim Drake is on the scene. Um, Jason Todd is there because he's apparently the only person who can hold Damien in line somehow. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know whether that's the case. It's because it takes a while for Dick Grayson to show up. Yeah, and, and Dick Grayson is on the way. Um the the robins themselves that are that are the gang of robins um are kind of well they they disperse because it's it becomes illegal to be them um and cops are on the scene when they all get together <clears throat> at this was a gymnasium or something after hours yeah uh, the yeah the whole gang color thing that that was a little heavy handed to me. Was a little heavy handed, but it's not without precedent in some communities. If you're wearing colors, you get profiled, and and a lot of this is speaking to certain things that are happening in communities in the United States in the world where it's <laughs> people are getting arrested for that, what seems like specious reasons. That and. That is true, and God knows we've seen enough of it on the news. And yeah, sometimes I got to remember. Yeah, I'm a white dude in a place where the army fixed the fucking roof. So yeah, so because <laughs> you've got a point. I need to sometimes step back. If we're talking about kids stepping up and trying to take back their community in the face of what is unjust, 
um, and it seems to become be becoming more unjust. We find out that pulling the strings behind all of this is the court of owls. And when and when you think of the court of owls, you think of a, a white mask, white, whitey, white, white, white. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what's her name? Nocturne. Yeah, Noctua. So that's Noctua. where I was going to get in here. So gotcha, Councilwoman Noctua. Um, I, who I think is a new character to the Bat universe. If she's not, I'm not familiar. Yeah. She um, is trying to assist the Court of Owls in pushing through this draconian legislation that is coming down on the Robins and, by extension, all youths who are trying to just go out there and, and do good in the community um, because she's trying to make a play to become the first minority um who is of no standing or background she's trying to join the country club. yeah um to, to get into the court of owls and again that's that whole thing like somebody trying to push back against established power structure and and be you know, have some agency I, I, I don't agree i don't agree because it's not somebody trying to push back against existing power structure through into it is trying it is somebody willing to sell out morality okay um, various commu- morality, community, decency to break into and a, well, to a take, more privileged to take control of one's life. I hate that term, but yeah, privileged group and to to advance in that way. She's trying to take she's trying to take back power from people who have it. Does that mean she's doing it the right way? No, she's not. But. I don't. I don't in any way see she's trying to take power back from anything. Well, from all these other folks that that aren't her. <laughs> now, I I see sucking super pack dick. I I see. I will do whatever I have to do to make myself one of you. I'm not trying to take anything from you. I'm trying to move into your ranks and step on the people that you have stepped on to get where you are. And that is very different. I get what you're saying, but I think I, I still see it as trying to subvert a power structure, and and even if it's it's in a sellout, immoral way, it's still trying to assert some agency where she had none before, in in whatever way. We don't know much about her story other than she seems like a real prick. <laughs> yeah, and that def- she's willing to do awful things. Yeah, there's definitely not a lot of dimension there. I, I think what we're going to wind up seeing is, yeah, somebody, yeah, I'd sell out my mom. I'd burn my neighborhood to the ground. Just uh, give me the mask and uh, give me access to the, the standard. You know, make me one of you. I'm not trying to subvert anything. I'm trying to show you can trust me. <laughs> this is a terrible, I'm not going to say it. It's it, She's looking for, I think, power where she had none before. And it's it's sort of the diametrical opposite of what the kids are doing. The kids are trying to do it for the good of the community. She's trying to do it for the good of herself. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. That's where I was going with that. Okay. <laughs> so I, I this is gonna this is a one of two, and the story is gonna continue to play out in other bat books. So um, the next issue will be that. Where the story will continue is in Grayson, I believe. Uh, it sounds right. And and that's cool because I like Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> it's already on the polls. We don't have to yeah, look for it. It'll just be there. For it. Um, but yeah, I, 
I'm I'm kind of psyched to see where this goes. It's the first event in a while, actually, that I've been down with. Like, yeah, let's let's see this play out over a few books. Yeah, it's it's not bad. There are certain things that are a little heavy handed. Um, yeah, but it's also an opportunity. Yeah, if we're going to talk about the theme of at what point is somebody mature enough to take on responsibilities at at an adult level, I'm hoping to see people along the gamut. There's a lot of opportunity here. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of our books. Yes. The the one other thing which we did not have time to talk about because also you missed part two. But uh, yeah, the latest Star Wars, which is part three of six of Vader Down. Is awesome. Oh, God, that was a fun book. We're, we're not going to talk about it in any depth, but so much fucking fun. And you hadn't read part two, but so you didn't have any problems jumping in and no, having a you, good time. You don't, you don't need to have read part two. You... <laughs> Let's put it this way. If you have ever had fantasies about tuning up C-3PO, <laughs> this is your book. <laughs> if, you, if, if you listened to Han caution 3PO about why it's important to let the Wookiee win, this is your book. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to watch Han Solo... And and Doctor Jones face off and try to outquip each other. This is your book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jason Aaron hits all the right notes. <laughs> yes. It's that's exactly as much detail as we'll go into. Yes. It's a lot of fun. So since tomorrow is New Comics Day, you're going to be at the store anyway. Uh, if you missed it, pick it up. Go get it. All right. Hit the showers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the. <laughs> in the fridge i'm on a beer oh no all right so we we got anything else nah, i think that's it all right so let's wrap it up as usual i don't know how you found this uh <laughs> this fucked up show but you can always find us at our home website crisis on infinite midlives.com uh we are on facebook uh we don't do nearly as much there as we should because uh, fucking army won't finish the house but uh <laughs> You can certainly, uh, we will be doing more there once this all settles down. We certainly get messages there and we like hearing from listeners. It's facebook.com slash crisis on infinite midlives. We are on Twitter. Our we ha- are. handle is at infinite midlife. Uh, we are on Tumblr, uh, crisis on infinite midlives dot com. You can find us on iTunes. And if that is your preferred way of consuming podcast media, <laughs> do us a favor and, uh, give us a rating, shoot us a review. It helps new listeners find the show and like hearing. Hearing of what people like about the show. <laughs> we like that you missed so many weeks. <laughs> uh, we are on TuneIn Radio. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. And if you don't want to reach us in any of those ways, you can always email us, midlives at gmail.com. And I think that is it. That is it. Did I miss anything? I think that was it. All right. So this has been episode 93 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlives show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening. And derp. meets Clark Kent. What have you done? I'm going to go get some scotch.